speaking of bloodlines, ADL and KGB are Edomite bloodlines, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Bloodlines here on Your Folk Radio. And uh, this is a pre-recorded show, but this is going to be our first in a series on uh, Adam DeWitt's article, God's Plan for Germany, of course, uh, with me as usual. From Sweden is Michael Swede. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing very good. And looking yeah. forward to this topic about Germany. We have been in Scandinavia, and now it may be Germany. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, well, uh, you know, as we know in Christian identity, we are the blood descendants of the 12 tribes of Israel, including the House of Judah. And I think that's the point of the God's plan for Germany. Adam Witt makes the point that the Germans have a lot of Judah, Judahite blood in them. And we'll get to that momentarily. But first, you had a, a question about a certain verses in Scripture? Yeah, because this topic you and me are discussing now, um, if we try to get this one to other that's not as familiar with history, with the migration and everything, then you can get... Um, uh, because those discussions, um, I guess the Judeo Christians can say to us, that, well, isn't it said in the New Testament, the alive? In uh, the, for example, First uh, Timothy, uh, one three until four, as it said, as I bethought thee uh, to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest change some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless um, genealogies. Uh, uh, sorry for not pronouncing the word correctly here. Genealogies, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which minister questions rather than godly edify, which is not faith. So do. Um, you have a bit the same in um, Titus 3, 8 until 9 that is said. This is faithful saying. And these things I will that do affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Yeah. But avoid foolish questions and um, gene- genealogies. <laughs> right, genealogies, and, yeah. yeah. Yes, and contentions and striving about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. So uh, this is something they can say, that we this is foolish questions that we are doing now. Isn't that what Paul is saying here? Yes. I'm a bit of advocate here, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, be provocating, but we that's not really what Paul is meaning here, isn't it? That's correct. Although in, in Titus one fourteen, he does state not giving heed to Jude, Jewish, meaning Judahite fables. But of course, actually here, this is one of those instances where he's talking about Judean fables. Because what well, he says, right, and commandments of men, we know that Yahshua criticized the Judean Edomite Pharisees for making up their own commandments. And uh, Yahshua actually used this terminology, commandments of men that turn from the truth. Okay, we are to obey Yahweh's commandments, which means, and then we're supposed to look back to Abraham and Sarah, our four, uh, our ancestors, and uh, and worship them and honor them. Okay, so uh, but here there's a, a website. Uh, this is BibleHub.com, and it gives excellent commentary here from the Jameson Fawcett Brown Bible Commentary, 
concerning uh, many of the verses. In fact, I just quoted Titus 1.14. It includes a commentary on that. And the ones you just uh, quoted says here, Fables, legends about the origin and propagation of angels, such as the false teachers taught at Colossae, in Colossians 2.18-23, and quote-unquote Jewish fables, Titus 1.14, profane old wives' tables, fables rather, 1 Titus 4.7, 2 Titus, uh, or is it Timothy? I think it's Timothy, yeah. 1 Timothy 4.7 and 2 Timothy 4.4. So, and here's what they have to say. Genealogies, not merely such civil genealogies as were common among the Judahites, he has the word Jew here, whereby they traced their descent from the patriarchs, to which Paul would not object, and which he would not as here class with fables, but Gnostic genealogies of spirits and aeons, as they call them, lists of Gnostic emanations. Okay, now it turns out that in Ephesus there was a very strong, powerful, well-attended pagan temple to a goddess, okay, and Paul was arguing against their fables. He wasn't arguing against Israelite fables, although we have fables of our own, but they wouldn't classify themselves as descendants of pagan gods. That is the fable that Paul is talking about here. Uh, your comment at this point. Yeah, I mean, here everything makes sense because... We are only looking backwards to our forefathers. We are looking back to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the patriarchs to look where did they go? What did they do? We are honoring their work. We are honoring their how they tracked, how they ended up where they are, how they ended up in America, and the prophetess, prophecies that is fulfilled in us also. Yes, yeah. And the essence of Gnosticism, for those people who are not familiar with the term, Gnosticism is a movement that came about from other religions outside of Christianity. But it was propagated by Israelites of the Ten Lost Tribes. Okay, because why? Because they were brought up in Greek traditions. And the Greeks had a whole pantheon of gods and goddesses. Uh, Asclepius, if I'm pronouncing that, who was their god of healing. Okay, which was actually patterned on the uh, prophecies of the coming healer, Jesus Christ. Okay, so they had their paganized rituals, paganized ideas, many of them which actually come from biblical tradition, but which they had lost. They had lost the scriptures, and what what they retained was the paganized version. Okay, so Gnosticism is an attempt to blend Christianity with paganism. It was not, wasn't always in, uh, done in the uh, sense of deliberately making Christianity go astray, but it's, uh, it's just simply if you have a tradition among your people that the healer was Asclepius, and then all of a sudden Jesus comes along, he fits, he's just like Asclepius, right? So, well, well, we have this tradition too, they would say, and our tradition is even older than what we're hearing now. And then Paul has to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, you know, Christianity is totally different, <laughs> okay? And our God actually exists where your God is made up, okay? So uh, uh, just one more quick uh, uh, question, uh, quote here. Paul opposes to their aeons, the king of the aeons, so the Greek, to whom be glory throughout the aeons of aeons. The word aeons is probably not used in the technical sense of the latter Gnostics as yet, but the only wise God, by anticipation, confutes the subsequently adopted notions in the Gnostics' own phraseology. Okay, so Paul here is arguing against the genealogies of the Greek gods and goddesses, which those Grecified or Hellenized Israelites had adopted centuries before, okay? And so he says, don't, don't even bother me with that stuff, <laughs> all right? I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about Israelite genealogies. I'm talking about your pretend fabled genealogies. Over to you. Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense um, uh, how Paul would react, that he would also would like to honor, yeah, his past patriarchs and also, of course, uh, um, to trying to, I guess, um, pointing out that um, the the pagan views that they have, and here is the here is the truth. Here is the the only living God that you should realize that you should remember again, because they, as you said, they were lost. That's why it was called uh, called the the ten lost tribe, because they lost their home and they lost their identity and they lost the scripture. So they they brought with them some part of the of the teachings, but they also got blended in with, what to say, the world's uh, teachings. So they got paganized when they right. when they started to migrate away. Yes. Uh, from Bengel's Gnomen, B-E-N-G-E-L apostrophe S, Gnomen, G-E-N-O-M-E-N, where uh, Paul uh, speaking about the same subject, and then 1 Timothy 1, 6-7, Titus 3, 9, in this uh, passage, the uh, Paul casts no reproach on civil genealogies. Okay? Paul casts no reproach on civil genealogies, which would have to be the genealogies of the house of Judah. Because the ten tribes, the lost tribes, no longer had these genealogies at their disposal. Okay? He puts fables before this word. A fact quite inconsistent with his meaning, the genealogies of families, that is, Israelite families, which were evidently not fabulous. They were literal. At least Paul would not have cared whether they were true or false. There was on the part of those men a certain degree of boasting that they can search more deeply than others into the mysteries contained in the law, a circumstance which greatly impeded the power of the gospel, especially around Ephesus because Ephesus was the home of a huge temple to, to which uh, it was a goddess. I forget the name of the goddess. So Paul was uh, in strife against these people and their genealogies. He was not arguing against Israelite genealogies at all. But back to you. Yeah, but that um, can only, yeah, can only then it makes, uh, warms my heart to know that, of course, discussing our migration, that my, at least something that, for me is very interesting and it burns in my heart to do it to to understand it that is no fault with that that is no yes. no bad that is to honor our forefathers right well would it be a crime to suggest that jesus was a descendant of david 
or Abraham, no, Isaac, no. and Jacob? <laughs> would no, Paul exactly. argue? Would Paul argue against that such a statement? No, he wouldn't. Okay, of course not. Yeah. That is stated in the Bible that he's uh, he that's also stated. He's the root of David. Yes. Yeah, and Paul also insisted he's an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. Very proud of that fact. Okay. Yes. So exactly. Yeah. So uh, the idea, of course, now uh, words such as Gentile uh, and Jew being falsely translated uh, into the English, because you have to be careful of the context. The vast majority of the time, the so-called Gentiles are Israelites. Okay. So Paul is only addressing Israelites and the false traditions that they have adopted in, what, the 700 years since the exile? <laughs> Actually, more than that, because the breakup between the house of Judah and the house of Israel was more like 900 B.C., okay? Uh, the two uh, houses fought against each other, and the uh, ten northern tribes weren't taken into captivity until 745 B.C., so there were 150 years of strife between the two houses, during which the paganized these ten northern tribes became thoroughly paganized, and Paul is now trying to clarify to them that the beliefs that they picked up in the last in the preceding 900 years <laughs> have nothing to do with Scripture. Back to you. Yeah, and I guess that is the same we are trying today to to remember our brothers and sisters about that uh, teachings they have in modern Christianity is not, nothing but uh, Edomite version of Christianity, Judeo-Christianity. Yes, yeah, a term which was not even invented until 1930. <laughs> right, there was no such, because you can't no. have Jews who hate Christ uh, at the same time with uh, Christians who love Christ. Okay. No, they are, yeah. they're like oil and water. There you go. Who's floating on top right now? <laughs> that was a bad one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. The, the Jewish oil is floating atop the uh, Christian water, <laughs> right? <laughs> Starving okay. us for oxygen. We need the uh, light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This was a little, I guess, a little introduction to our new now. Uh, let's. I guess go into this this very interesting article that you have sent it, uh, that you have found here by Adam DeWitt. Yes, yeah. And by the way, uh, this is from uh, the New Ensign newsletter. Uh, Chris in uh, England has put this together. I did a little bit of editing for it because this was uh, translated from another language, and so translations from other languages are uh, often difficult, and we. I think we overcame most of the difficulties. So this is probably as clean a text as we can possibly find for a translation. So I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, and we can look at the two first pages. We have some beautiful, some pictures from from uh, German. And then we have here, uh, we have an insigma of two men standing beside the, and I guess it's an, it's an eagle, it's an, 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 um, and then a crown upon it. This is the, uh, this insignia I have not, seen so much before so could you hear um what insignia is here i see two men that must then be the, the reference to is it gad that was the man uh probably hold on uh, uh i i have the wrong copy i only have like one page so i think i have to switch to my uh, personal copy that i have on my computer so let me see if i can find it real quick 
because uh, the online copy I have uh, requests a download, and which I don't have at the moment. Okay, if I have to, I'll just download it again. Yeah, I think it is in the chat room. Uh, you sent it to me. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, you must have uh, opened it up. Okay, so okay, so it's going to be have to be in my downloads. So let me open up my downloads. Yeah, and, while while I can start up to read the introduction while yes. you do that, Sui. Um, so, this is God's Plan for German by Adam DeWitt. This book is a must for all those who have learned the British-Israelite stance as to the Israelite, as namely, what part, part has the German folk? And here, I guess, also, the British-Israelites uh, movement, didn't they also, they were saying, yeah, we have found um, 10 tribes, but the two rest are then Jews, I guess. So here they, um, I don't know if I'm, if this is correct, but um, how was that, Eli? Uh, well, okay, um, let's see. Uh, okay, uh, this book can also be, I got the, my, my downloaded version here. This book can also be gotten in German as Identitätskreise uh, through this. Uh, well, I won't bother to give out the Australian P.O. boxes because I'm not sure if they still exist. But uh, so you have the, uh, the I guess, the Royal House of Germany depicted. And yeah, I guess that is the Royal House um, from Germany, this, okay. that we have. I don't. That's. I'm not so used to seeing. I guess this. What this than the what this what the Kaiser had as their emblem. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Yeah. The article doesn't say what what uh, emblem this is, but you have uh, the eagle. The eagle emblems are very common uh, in Israelite nations because the symbol of the tribe of Dan was the eagle. Okay. So, uh, but uh, the men depicted in the emblem could be Gad. And Judah, that could be what they are, because that's what DeWitt argues, that, that Germany is primarily consisting of those two tribes, okay? But uh, other than that, I'm, uh, I've really never seen this emblem before, but that's my best guess, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so, so then uh, you quoted, this book is a must for all those who have learned the British-Israelite stance to the, as to the Israelite ask, namely... What part has the German folk? Okay, and of course the British Israelite stance is that the Germans are not Israelites at all, but they are Assyrians. But it's interesting in the last series we did just concluded on the Israelite origin of the Scandinavians. They all harken back to their um, origin in Acer, which is Assyria. <laughs> which is where the ten northern tribes and many of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin also uh, resided before w coming to Europe, okay? And that includes the British, because who are the British? Anglo-Saxons. Yes. Germans. Yeah, Ephraim. Yes, Ephraim and Manasseh. They took the overland route. So, and uh, the, the, the British Isles, are full of Anglo-Saxon German. In fact, Queen Victoria was a full-blooded German lady. Full-blooded German lady who lived in Germany because she was a relative of the royal house. By the way, George III was a full-blooded German. <laughs> okay? So, uh, any Britisher who argues against German hair, you know, why don't they check out the lineage of Queen Victoria and George III? 
before they start spewing that kind of nonsense. Over to you. Yeah, uh, but I guess that shows the, I don't know, the origin of this British Israelite, that it had some, maybe some Jewish influence. They want to get rid of them, yes. the true Judite, and say, we are we are Judah. So they wanted to say, yeah, you all exist, but uh, yeah, German is nothing. They are just yes. uh, Assyrians. I guess, could that yeah. be the maybe the why? Yeah, that, that is definitely, but they have to forget the fact that the, they had two kings who were pure-blooded Germans, and the fact that uh, at least half of their population is Anglo-Saxon, right, Germanic, okay? And uh, so it's absolute nonsense what they say, the British-Israel people say. But uh, it, to me it has more to do with the fact that the Rothschilds staged two wars between Britain and Germany, Okay, in order to secure Palestine for the Jews, and because the German nation stood in the way of that, that uh, and uh, you know, and of course, the the Kaiser was overthrown by the Jews, and then the, the Jews overthrew Hitler's regime as well, and uh, that that's all forgotten. Uh, the the fact that the House of Rothschild dictated the British animosity toward the Germans. Okay, that's where that came yeah. from. Back to you. Yeah, there could be a political move from the Rothschilds to be able to. Yeah, they give them, they gave the British people some truth, but then they also they twisted it to go again to get against the Germans, to say they are not your brothers because yes. there was also a war that they wanted to facilitate two, three, and then what I guess after the Second World War and um, what to say, and they had um, conquered the modern day Israeli state. What do you want to say? Then this movement practically died. What was happening? It did uh, away. Right, right. Yeah, well, it, uh, because it, it took a Jewish direction. And there have always been within British Israel uh, objectors who say, no, wait a minute, you know, you're going a little too far here. And, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Alan Campbell would have been one of those. Okay. He was actually a two seed liner. And he was kicked out of several British Israel churches because he was a two seed lighter. Okay, so uh, if you have if you have any German friends or you're a two seed lighter, a British Israel would kick you out. Okay. Yeah, and that's also applicable to all the modern day churches today. They don't want to hear this, right? Unfortunately, but yeah, they that's on them, I guess. But we doing our work for the kingdom now. So, amen. Uh, Yes. So, should we continue? Yes. Okay. This book is all the more mark worthy for those whose outlook is shaped by Armstrong's worldwide Church of God. Some may be shocked, whilst others may be thrilled to learn God's plan for the Germans in his time spell, history. Yeah, there's a thrill. That's what we get. We get thrilled about this. This is... Yeah. Fascinating stuff. You're having both the scriptures and then also with history. Okay, I just found it. All right, that it's the coat of arms of the North German Confederation. It has these same two figures wearing, I guess you could say, shorts made of ivy and and a crown of ivy. You know, kind of like the Roman. Olive, no, the olive, maybe it symbolizes olive, but then it has the flag, the, the colors of Germany, uh, black, white, and red. 
Okay. Yeah. So it's the coat of arms of the North German Confederation. Back to you. Yeah, thank you. Then, okay. then it makes. And then it's yeah. This is the what to say the original colors of Germany, not what the this occupied German state mm. uses. Yes, yes, yeah. Which is Jewish colors, <laughs> right? Yeah, Jewish they're, occupation they're colors. It's, uh, they're occupied. Yeah. Right. Okay. Back to you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we, we are thrilled about doing this stuff, to com- just uh, uh, to know both history and the scriptures. We have to study it to make ourselves approved. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, um, this book was first printed in Germany for a German readership, and this, those written in the setting of we, us, or our German culture, time, spell, and so forth. Right. Oh, by the way, before we go any further... Uh, I think we addressed this situation once or twice in our series on the um, uh, you know, Israelite origin of the uh, of the northern countries. Okay, uh, that the, not just Acer, but there was a a capital city called Kerman, and also a district called Kerman with a K. All right. I mean, you can easily substitute a G for a K because the sounds are so similar. And this is natural uh, for a language to, you know, either soften or harden a a letter, a a consonant in any given word, so that the two are actually interchangeable. And so quite possibly the word German comes from Kerman of Assyria or northern Mesopotamia where the house of Judah resided. Uh, known then as the Parthians, until around 200 A.D. The Germans were the last Israelites to migrate from the Middle East toward Europe. Back to you. Yeah, and the Parthian Empire is also very interesting that we never read about, but I guess that's because they were Israelites, and they were the only empire that I guess also could stop the Romans. The Romans could never subdue the, the Parthian Empire. That's correct. And it was during a truce between the Parthian Empire and the Roman Empire that the days of Christ, uh, the, during that truce, that uh, Jesus walked the earth. And that's why Herod, the Edomite, was so afraid when the Parthians came. It wasn't just three wise men. <laughs> it was a, well, we would call it a convoy today, right? But in those days, it was a caravan, a caravan of Parthians who were blood Israelites, that confronted Herod. He, that's why he was so afraid. Back to you. Yeah, and that is, uh, I guess, in the when you need scriptures, then but then it said that he was shaking. Yeah. And how can he shaking from three the yeah, three? Right. Because there was a big caravan. If you read about the parts and how they did when they should, I read some that they when they should, um, they had um, had some affiliate from another. What is it? District were coming, and yeah. then they were meeting him up with. Tens of thousands of horses and, and and their cabin that was meeting them up was huge. Yes, yes. Yeah, Parthia was the only empire the Romans were unable to defeat. This says a lot. But why haven't you ever heard of Parthia, folks? Because true history has been written out of the history books. Back to you. Yes, it has. That's why we are here and we want to pick it up again. Um, okay, so... Adam DeWitt was born of immigrant parents who handled many of 
night under the stairs of their townhouse, whilst bombs rained down, laying waste to their once lovely city. At the age of 11, his family was again on the move, leading to a life of dwelling in several countries and visiting many other besides. In all, he visited 30 lands, studying their histories and gaining first-hand experience on how the world ticks. His higher education was in European college, and his early career was in European film industry, where he experienced unusually hidden matters for the first time. Yeah, ah, yes, he became, did that. he became a conspiracy truther. <laughs> a conspiratologist, right? Things that aren't normally talked about in mainstream media. No, they just make fun of it. Or college. Or yeah, same, same, yeah, exactly, same there. And yeah, also, uh, his forebears were Christians. His parents were typical of the between war generations from whom Christianity made way for socialism. Yes, unfortunately, in, in Europe, that socialist that was fully implemented after the Second World War across Europe. Mm -hmm. This that was the destruction of Christianity. Not destruction is maybe the but the, but the socialist has been giving way after that and is just increasing day by day in Europe after the Second World War. Yeah. Unfortunately, we were fooled into that. Um, brought up as a socialist, um, evolutionist, and humanist, Adam never even saw a Bible until his late twenties, and I can tell there here's a similarity between him and me. Okay. I am, I'm, I want to say I'm, I'm not a socialist, but I, I also was brought up like this. And I never saw the Bible until the, my middle 20s, I would say, that I started reading it. So I'm in the, I'm in the same category. Yep. Yeah, I think you are, to some extent, very, very similar. And mm. you, you've come into the identity message from, from an agnostic, uh, so, not, not necessarily socialist, but uh, non-religious, put it that way, non-religious background. Yes, that background has always more been into history and truth. And then listening to you, then it was, aha, there it was. I told that before, but it's so important to know that all the, all, what do you say? Everywhere, every road seems to, they lead to Jesus Christ, <laughs> either way you go. That's right. Sooner or later, they, right? Sooner or later you will realize it, but you need to do some work. That is the... But uh, interesting to see now Adams, how he then continues here. Sorry yeah. for that, that little digression. Yes. Um, upon right. returning to Australia, he settled down to raise a family. Christianity came to his door by way of numerous uh, zealots. Zealots, yeah. Zealots. Numerous zealots. You know, I think he's probably talking about the um, Seventh-day Adventists, the... Uh, Kingdom, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, those kind of zealots, right? It could be uh, mainstream, mainstream zealots as well, you know, evangelicals. So they can be very zealous in the way they do things. Back to you. Mm -hmm, yeah, and doing their evangelical rounds. He listened to what they had to say and became curious to see what other um, denominations had to say. He soon found that they all seemed to disagree with each other, and none seriously understood or studied the holy writ enough to overcome their differences. Now, wait a minute. 
That is a very, very important statement. Let me repeat it. He soon found that they all seemed to disagree with each other, and none seriously understood or studied the Holy Writ enough to overcome their differences, which is the same as saying that none of them really understood the Bible, but they have their opinion, and they're doggedly, that's where the word dogma comes from, doggedly retain their own opinion rather than sitting down and reasoning with each other as to, you know, well, what is the truth? Okay, what did Paul say? Come, let us reason together. Nope, they weren't able to do that. They were stiff-necked Israelites. Back to you. Yeah, and we can only agree about how it is today. Even worse, maybe, today. I it mean, is worse, if we yes. Start I would say, so if we say this in, in, in church today, they, yeah, they kick us out. They would probably beat us as well. I mean, you know, it's... Right, uh, beat us like Antifa, <laughs> right? They would, they would. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, it's more worse today because now it's they only want everybody to join in. They want the money that is more important than to preaching the true gospel, apparently. Amen. Amen. Yeah, they're 501c3. I don't know if they have equivalences in uh, Europe and Australia and Canada. But uh, in other words, uh, to get your tax deduction from the IRS, you have to pretty much dump real scripture. Okay, that's yeah, what you have to do. money. Yep. Well, I just, what will he say when he comes back to those minister and say, we did prophesy in your name. Yeah, depart yep. from me. Uh, yeah, depart from me. The, and that, that's they're not getting into the kingdom <laughs> because they're teaching humanist that's, that's really what it is humanistic lies except, uh, to the exception and the exclusion of Christian truth back to you yes that's what we should base our theological on we should base it on the holy holy wrath the holy scriptures that we should base it on and I, I agree this was a, a very good statement from him that um they never could sit down and discuss it because they never do. They only they discuss about us, not with right. us. And the denominations even disagree among themselves and you have schisms, <laughs> right? Schism after schism after schism until you've got, well, uh, uh, Brother Bear says 33,000 denominations, maybe more. Okay, back to you. Yeah, okay. It wasn't long before he was confronted with British um, Isra- Israelism. Yet... Here, too, he found some shortcomings that led to identity. But here, too, there were differences of understanding and attitude. It became clear that Christianity is a growing process for for all through God's will and plan is fixed. We as a people are not. No, I agree. (laughs) We need to grow and throw out the wrong and hold fast to that, to the truth. Yeah, keep to that that is good. Isn't that of one of Paul's saying that uh, yeah. we should uh, we should um, keep to the thing that is good? Uh, yeah, you quoted, it, we, you quoted it in our introduction today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, also that that is good. Yes. Exactly. So, and that is what we need to do. And um, we that's how we test the spirit. And then, yeah, and I liked, as I said here, that this, um, yeah, God's plan, they would never change. You have them. But this we are the weak link as usual. Mm-hmm. We have not grown. We have not understood it. We are many are baby Christians. Yeah, right, right. But uh, but identity is grown up Christianity. It's for grown ups. It's for those who do serious Bible study. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay, and here we see a very beautiful bit, uh, picture of the eagle. And then we have um, Germany and we have the uh, Halberstadt um, Cathedral. And um, where, for me, that is non-German, where is this then um, located in Halberstadt? Yeah, uh, it may have been bombed out during World War II, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I can look that up as you continue reading. Yeah, it was a beautiful, uh, a, yeah, cathedral, so yeah, it sounds like it's, it's Catholic, but still, uh, this shows the art, the working art of our people. Look, today, would never be built, it's too expensive, can't be built, can't be done, industrialists, we doesn't care, it's only money, 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 and money. Yes. But this, this shows the beauty, the, yeah, we are the builder race. Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at an actual photograph and comparing it with the drawing, it looked pretty similar. So uh, it may have been bombed out during World War II, but uh, obviously rebuilt, if, if that's the case. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it still exists. Yeah. Very good. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, now we have the foreword. Um, Germany stands on the edge of a new century. A fact that means many things for many people. The ultimate questions of where we are going can only be truly answered with the benefits of hindsight in the future. That would be hard to do unless we could all have future insight. For most of us, that is a luxury, luxury not available. Therefore, we need some guidelines. Oh, yeah. When walking a highway, you would like to know where it is heading. What if you don't know? Uh, you will need to rely on fixed points, and the most helpful would be the starting point. At least, if you know where it came from, you would have a pretty sound idea where it is leading to, in combination with other details. Mm -hmm. I guess this, I was, when I haven't read, but when he said having this guidance, for me, this is the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, but we'll Amen. see what he would say. Yes, or you come to a fork in the road. And uh, the one pointing to the left says hell, <laughs> and the one pointing to the right says heaven. But uh, you didn't realize that, that some uh, prankster came along and switched the signs around in the middle of the night. So you don't know really where you're going. So you better know where you're going. Back to you. Yeah, and as it also said, uh, the road to hell is paved in good intention. Yep, yeah, and socialist lies. Oh, yeah. Um, this principle is being understood by many people around the world in their effort to strengthen their society and thereby ensuring their future. Likewise, this principle would be very helpful for the future of Germany. So with that in mind, we should seek out our roots. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Seek out our roots to honor our patriarchs and honor our um, our yeah, what they have done, their patriarchs, what Jacob did, what Isaac did, what everybody did, and yeah, so this is this is what we are doing. We are honoring it. We are honoring the yeah, that's what we need to do. But we're not worshiping it, but we are honoring it by by researching it to understand it. We never we shouldn't we shouldn't worshiping the creation, but the creator, of course. Amen. But uh, we need to know this to have the roadmap clear for us. And then please correct me if I'm wrong, Eli. Yeah. No, so far so good. That's good. <laughs> okay. 
Germans have tried just about everything from communism to Nazism to social democracy, tem democracy, um, unification, the third way, and so forth. Yeah, okay, something still. The third way, uh, for those people who aren't, uh, this is. From Wikipedia, the third way is a political philosophy and political position akin to centrism that attempts to reconcile right-wing and left-wing politics by advocating a varying synthesis of center-right and centrist economic platforms with some center-left social policies. In other words, it's an attempt to, uh, well, it has left-wing, right-wing, and center. Uh, so I guess for a long time, right-wing was outlawed. In Germany, because it's very much socialistic and atheistic. So, uh, but now after Germany, Eastern Germany and Western Germany, so supposedly reconciled. Okay, so we're talking about the extreme left-wing communism of Eastern Germany, and the more more or less democratic, quote-unquote right-wing Germany that wasn't communist. I think that third way is an attempt to reconcile those two. Okay, back to you. Yeah, it could also be today. When you look today in Germany, I guess the old Eastern Bloc are more conservative than to, the right. Western are. To today, right. Uh, an inversion of values because they reject communism. Yeah, they've seen mm-hmm. it before. Yes. Hard, the hard way. They had to live it. Yeah. Yeah. And this uh, this third third way, something also been in Sweden. But now, of course, they have been, been, um, yeah, they have been going into something called what do you call it, block. They have gone gone together in deals and stuff like this. You basically have a two-party system in Sweden as well. Yes. So, okay. but um, yeah, okay, and maybe we're looking to the wrong experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, could be Jewish Jewish experts. It's always Jewish experts posing as white people, posing as Christians, posing as liberals. Posing as conservatives, etc., etc. Yeah, and then you end up with uh, in hell. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unfortunately, both those roads lead to hell. <laughs> we got to go up, not left yes. or right. Mm-hmm. But okay. you know, they paid in good intention. Yes, right. Um, so this is an identity crisis um, for many Germans to uh, dwell into history. To find a, f- a future direction is something to fear. Yeah, they want them to fear it, I guess, because uh, that's a no-no for Germans to know through history. Yes. They have a fear of being labeled a neo-Nazi or a Nazi apologist because of World War II. But wait, German history goes back f- um, further than World War II. Nor should World War II be seen as the climax of uh, the German uh, character when faced by a crisis. No, I'm not going to explain the war away or give an opinion on it directly. But we must clear the air and our minds before we can truly evaluate our destiny. Right. Okay, so at this point, uh, it's probably worth it to interject. After World War One which Germany won. Not a single shot was fired on German soil during World War I, and the armistice was declared. Before the armistice and the Versailles Treaty could take effect or even be declared, 
the Germ Germany was beset with a communist insurrection staged by Jews, and uh, Germany had to defend itself against this outside attack by the Bolsheviks. Okay, in the meantime, the Weimar Republic was declared, which was again uh, the the actual replacement for the, the German Reich, and so the restrictions imposed by the Versailles Treaty were imposed upon a completely different Germany from the Germany that won World War I. Okay? It had been undergoing a communist insurrection imposed by uh, Rosa Luxemburg et al., Jews, who deliberately, and the Kaiser had to flee Germany because he was afraid of being assassinated, etc., etc. Those are the conditions under which the Versailles Treaty was imposed upon Germany. Back to you. Yeah, so that's also why I guess the Germans are, yeah, they're referring to, to, to uh, what do you say, to daggering them, to stabbing them back because of this, because that's right. they won. They won. And if yeah. you win something, they say, no, you, you are the one, you, you get blamed, you get all the. Yeah, they get um, all the restrictions on food, so people were, I guess, they were trying to storm Germany to death also. Yes. Now, of course, the Jews were doing the same thing to Russia at the same time, but uh, the German army defeated the Bolsheviks, and but not the political Bolsheviks, <laughs> right? The socialists and uh, etc., and the capitalists, uh, the Jewish capitalists that uh, created nothing but degeneracy in Germany after World War One. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Um, so before we d um, dwell into our role in the world, let's go. Let's get one thing straight. Germans are not warmongers. Statistically, we are not. On the whole, our history has been one of the most peaceful in Europe and the most culture rich. Yes. Over a period of 1200 years, Germany has been involved in less wars than any of its neighbors and or, or rivals. And that, I guess, also can be uh, tamed to the fact that Germany weren't really unified until pretty uh, recently when Kaiser, I guess, was it William, that was able to uh, unify Germany into one? And then oh, no, was I one think it was, uh, uh, was it Metternich? Bismarck. Uh, Bismarck, yeah. Uh, Bismarck, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and that Bismarck was rather late was in history. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Germany actually became a, um, a, a United States of Germans. Okay, thus fulfilling the prophecy that uh, Israel, Israel would have many nations and companies of nations. Back to you. Yeah, exactly. And then I guess also that comes to the uh, to the fact when we studying this that uh, um, German are composing of different tribes. So they are, that's why they don't really maybe getting along because of that. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the beer drinkers versus the wine drinkers <laughs> couldn't get along. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's look here. When the statistics are broken down in percentage, the list of nations' war involvement reads as follows. Uh, Poland, 58%. England, 56%. France, 50%. Russia, 46%. Netherlands, 44%. Italy, 36 And Germany, 28%. Okay. And... Uh... and uh, Surprised it includes Spain, but uh, Spain, uh, I, I would think, would be a little higher. But maybe not because uh, of uh, they've been um, pretty much out of the picture since World War II. Okay, well, so is Germany for that matter. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I would um, I would also have the if you look at this percentage on war involvement, I don't know what time period he did, Zek, but why Sweden has been pretty in many conflict as well. So that maybe should have been included yeah, as well. Yeah, it should be included as well, right? Yeah, yep. I think so, because yeah. Sweden has been fighting Russia, with uh, with yeah. Denmark, with Germany. Germany fought against States. Bismarck. Bismarck fought mm-hmm. against Sweden over yeah. Schleswig-Holstein, I believe it was. Yes, yeah. Holstein. That's yep. uh, exactly. So there's been many conflicts here. Yes. Okay. Let's continue. The problem is some of the wars we have been involved in were within living memory. Therefore, we must keep things in perspective and not lose sight of the fact we are a people with a thrilling destiny. Let's hope in so. Fact, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, in fact, there is an ancient prophecy uh, stating that all through nations shall overcome us um, as experience at the end of the war. We shall overcome in the end. I recognize that prophecy. Uh, that is, I guess, Gad. Wasn't that what Gad was? Is yes. That I'm... Right. Yeah, I think he'll uh, uh, refer to that very specifically in the body of this document. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, this prophecy is of all places in the Bible. Later on, we will discover where, within that in mind, we can now begin to uncover hidden historical truth withheld from our folk um, for too long. And that was written by Adam DeWitt on November 1998. Okay. And do all you right. know, by the way, if he lives still? Yes. Yeah, I actually emailed him. And uh, I'm going to try to get... Uh... Uh, his comment on uh, this translation from uh, the original language and uh, see if we did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) So I might be in for some criticism. Me and Chris might be in for some criticism. We'll see. But I think we did a good job. Back to you. Yeah, give him my best regards. Yes, I will. Share this this to him also. Yep. Um, Okay. Germany is in the heart of Europe. The wilderness made ready for God, nay, made ready of God, by the Abrahamic uh, water uh, trekkers, pioneers, the Celts, so that later waves of Saxon Israelites could found new lands in a, a tilled area. Okay, now, number one, uh, the Germans and all Israelite people are great farmers. The Jews have never been known as farmers. The best they can offer is a kibbutz. And the kibbutz is where Jews hire Palestinians to do the labor. Okay? Jews do not farm. Period. There's one indication that they're not Israel. Back to you. Yeah, but you like cannot do those kind of um, uh, look at the people, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's how yeah. it is. This is also they, looking for the marks. They claimed to make the deserts bloom, but no, it was actually the Palestinians. It was already blooming. <laughs> When, when the Zionists attacked Palestine, it was already blooming. In fact, it's bloomed less and less ever since the Jews took over. Yeah, the living cannot live with the death. That's right. Um, okay, so the wilderness of Revelation twelve fourteen was not made ready or tilled. It is made up of the settlements that became the Americans, uh, sued uh, Africa, uh, Sudwest Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and so forth. I don't really know what Sud Africa is, 
Oh, South Africa. That's just ah, a, that's uh, ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, out of Europe's heart came the world's greatest architects, the greatest composers, the greatest scientists, and the greatest mind of the reformations. Right. Germany, uh, Austria, Switzerland, and the once German region, the Netherlands, together make up the most comely and the most lovely um, Israelite lands on earth, despite the ghastly stains of modernism. Multi, um, multi-racialism and the shatterings of war. Okay, and also the the Denmark today used to be the Jutland Peninsula. It used to be named after the tribe and house of Judah. Yes, and they have uh, um, they have. It's a bit changed now. In, in Swedish, it's called the uh, Jutland. So okay, it's, um, it's been changed, but yeah, that was Jutland. Jutland. And that's what I. If I speak to Danish people, I ask them about Jutland. Mm-hmm. And they never heard of it. <laughs> you're you're standing it. on it. You're standing on it, Mr. Dane. Yeah, just to get some something um, to Historical. go on in their head. Historical perspective, yeah. Yes, okay. Now let's see, the paper curtain, and this also was you said. Germany has been the, by far the most uh, inventor people. When you see they are the yeah, the greatest mind, they are. So this is not bragging. It's just stating yeah. the facts when you look right. into it, I would say. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, even today uh, in the field of medicine, uh, the Germans have much more creative and uh, wide, widespread forms of treatment that are basically outlawed here in America. Okay, <laughs> good treatments that work. Okay. Yeah, and they're pretty uh, critical about this COVID yeah. nonsense. So right? they're also oh, man. compared. I mean, just compared to the Swedes, I mean, like maybe one, and they are like, but they are just like medical, uh, right. medical administrative people. They are so afraid of losing their jobs, losing. So they only maybe one is criticizing it. This just tells something about the Swedish society. Yes. Coalitions of German scientists and doctors have openly criticized uh, COVID and the lockdown. More so, I think, than any other country. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, I, that's really an honor to them for doing that. Amen. Yes. Um, the paper curtain. Those withholding the informations are aware of the ramifications for our nation should it become widespread knowledge. At the end of this account, you will be know why the world's best-kept secret is so suppressed. Just as the Berlin Wall came down, so will the paper curtain come down. No, I'm not going to get into the Holocaust debate. <laughs> okay, why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that'll be a distraction, right. Yes, the paper curtain of misinformation has uh, the, uh, that has beguiled millions of people, particularly since the late eight, 800s is the beginning to rip. Uh, this booklet will spread up the shred, shredding process. Yeah, yeah, L- let Hillary do the shredding. <laughs> we keep cranking out the truth and she'll run out of uh, shredders. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, and then the flame... Um, there is a truth like a flame that is spreading from land to land, to conservative groups, to patriot groups, from church to church, 
quietly crossing um, denominational lines and often bypassing church leaders. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the church leaders today mostly are the, the wolves in sheep clothing. They're probably right. Freemasons. They are, they are sellouts. They are, I don't know, sorry for saying that, but that, that's my feeling about them. Uh, that's absolutely right. Yeah, and often you have Zulus uh, impersonating Anglicans. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's the state um, of churchianity today. It is. Um, the teaching uh, crosses political uh, ideologies. Many study groups are accepting it, uh, as are many archaeolog um, archaeologists, historians, and secretly many politicians. And isn't this also that Jesus Christ said? In his uh, uh, in in Luke nineteen uh, uh, nineteen thirty nine until nineteen forty, I can read because I think it's pretty relevant here. Pretty, okay, yeah, so I can read it. Um, sure. So he said like this, um, and let's uh, hold, uh, yeah, uh, and some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And what I want to point to here is this, that yes, isn't that what's happening today? That, that the Pharisees or the system makes us to shut up, don't say anything. But then the stones will cry out. And for me, isn't that a, a, a biblical way to saying the archaeologist? The, yeah. yeah the... Archaeology, yes. Yeah, in the yeah. last hundred years, even in the last 20, 30 years, uh, especially with archaeology becoming computerized and doing research, comparative research, which was unable to be done before, uh, the Bible has been verified time and time again as being archaeologically accurate. Yeah, yeah. and that was what you said here. The stone would cry out, Amen. even if they want to put... Um, mute upon our mouth what you're saying now yeah yeah but uh you know the, the flood uh, we're hoping for that this trickle of truth will become a flood <laughs> sorry holland <laughs> oh holland by the way folks is zebulon we can do a show on that in the future back to you yeah and the truth was unsaid with that that because the, the darkness cannot be with the light and the the truth and the light, so that will extinguish all the lies. The truth that it's not that they will like merge into some gray matter. Light will um, dim, uh, will delete the, the lies, the darkness. That's right. So yeah, illuminate what's in the darkness, and everybody will be able to see it. Right? <laughs> yeah, that, that um, great light will um, come. Amen. Yeah, and unfortunately, many of our brothers and sisters doesn't want to hear it. They don't want to see their. I don't know, the sins or their ways. They don't want to see it. They want to hide. They want to have this um, itchy-ear doctrine. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's continue. Um, it is uh, being called Israelite identity. And that's absolutely nothing to do with um, Judaism. Amen. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Those right. who do not understand it or those who fear it call it racism, um, uh, cultism. Hatred, unbiblical, Anglo-Israelism, uh, okay, white supremacy, heresy, and new anti-Semitism. Yet uh, many are saying and teaching and te teaching that it is truth, that yes. it can be proven historical, Amen. archaeological, 
and biblically. Yeah, that is the fact. You can prove it. It is. It has been proven. <laughs> it's just we're trying to get the message out that it has yeah. been proven. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's continue. Um, identifying hairs, um, hairs and why. Heirs, yeah. H is silent. Heirs. Heirs. We are the heirs, the heirs of the kingdom, the covenant message. Yes. Mm, yes. Um, Petra Ramp sleeping down in a back alley. One day of um, uh, uh, solicitor finds Solicit- him. Solicitor. A solicitor. solicitor. Who co- co- comes around trying to sell you something. Okay. <laughs> finds him and asks if the tramp is um, the man he is looking for. The tramp can prove that he is. It turns out that the tramp is a long-lost grandson of a king that left his estate and kingdom to him. Do you think identifying the tramp will make a difference to his life? (laughs) Yeah, it would. Are other tramps entitled to the future by his birthright? Clearly, the difference is very real. And only this tramp receives the blessings that came from being an heir. Now, now you see why the Jews are trying to destroy inheritance. The Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, pro- uh, private property will be abolished. Are you ready for that, people? Are you ready for uh, distant, uh, uh, anonymous bureaucrats to take your private property Give you nothing for it and make you a, a globalist slave? Is that what you want? Well, that's what they're promising us. Back to you. Yeah, and this was, as I said there, this, uh, this identifying the tramp would make a difference to his life. I think that's what we are trying to give um, give our people back their identity so they know who they are, so they Amen. know the birthright. That's right. It's been stolen from us by the Jew. And the Jew is parading around like he's Israel, and we know it is not. No, they are not. They are Ashkenazi. Ashkapasters. Uh, <laughs> Ashkenazi imposters. <laughs> yes, back to you. Yeah, they are. Um, it is the difference between living in a cardboard box or a, a palace identifying a people correctly makes a difference in their national mental outlook that translates into national performance, uh, not just on an economic level, but also morally. Many trendy intellectuals hate the word morality. <laughs> yeah, they are socialists. They believe yeah. their, uh, their yeah. morality is all that matters. Uh, true morality is hate, I guess. Yeah, Te- technocratism. The technocrats, you know, we technocrats, we know everything. We don't need morality. We know it's right and wrong just from our statistics, <laughs> right? But who supplies those statistics? Bankers? Yeah. Jewish bankers? Oh, yeah, you really, you know everything, yeah. Exactly, and then twisting the numbers. That's right. Uh, but okay, um, yet morality governs more than sexual behaviors, it's the difference between suicide or living to live and even um, procreate on a personal as well as a national level. Yes, and uh, this comes home in the current events. We have the uh, 
uh, director of the CDC admitting that more people die by suicide than of COVID-19. Yes, um, they want to, uh, um, uh, yeah, and on that reason, they want to use infect, uh, inject you with a vaccine for yeah. something that is not deadly, not be found, but they doesn't care about uh, heart attack, they doesn't care about diabetes, they don't right. care about suicide, nothing about that. But this, yeah, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so uh, uh, all the poisons contained in vaccines will probably make you even more suicidal than you are from the lockdown. Okay? So there, nothing yeah. good can come of this, folks. Absolutely nothing. All right. Yeah, back to you. Oh. Yeah, it's a lie from, from the pits of hell. <laughs> right? Um, so let's begin to identify who we are. Yes, praises to this. This is, this is not foolish stuff. This is to to praise your patriarchs, to, to show your gratification to what they did for you. Yes. Um, at school, we were taught we came from a bunch of barbarians who came into Europe as part of a mass folk migration from the east. That is true. Moving west. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, because the Romans saw everybody that wasn't a Roman as a barbarian. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay, but what does barbarian mean? Okay, please continue. We'll find that out. Yeah, moving west and northwest. Uh, keep the following in mind. Barbarian, despite modern ideas, does not mean a slob or a crude <laughs> fellow. Right. No. It was a term that meant one who does not speak Greek or Latin. That's it? That's a barbarian? One who doesn't speak Greek or Latin? <laughs> well, actually, the Germans were more civilized than the Romans in the days that they fought each other. Yeah, and then that makes us all barbarians, I guess. Yes, right. I don't, I don't speak Greek or Latin. There you go. Right. Yeah, and uh, this is interesting that he said this, that they will learn this. My, In my I did never learned how we came here. They just said, oh, just a coincidence, and they had started up to speak about the Stone Age, Iron Age, Bronze Age, just right. coincidence, all those, and then maybe some Viking stuff, but they never said this migration. Yeah. Never. You, you were chasing reindeer until you ran out of land and you ran into the Atlantic Ocean, right? Yeah. That's all you need to know. To yeah. Yeah, they want me to believe that, but... Uh, uh, as I grow, I found out that that's not true. Yep. That is a fable. That, though, is a true fable. Amen. Um, so those are the fables we shouldn't to considering. Yeah. This is uh, not fable. Yeah. It's a Gnostic fable. <laughs> right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, the barbarians were often um, descendants uh, of refuge of, or, or people migrating. Refuge or migrants can be seen um, to lack sophist sophistication because they are in transit, just like a backpacker. Our forefathers in Roman times were in transit. They were pioneers carrying out their culture in a wilderness. But their forefathers were very civilized and cultured from whence they migrated. Like the American pioneers who came from cultural land, they had to start afresh in the wilderness with very little means. 
um, to the British. They were barbarians. They lived rough and ready. Yet their bloodline, like the British, was European. The American barbarianism was not due to people being crude, but rather the uh, sophisticated and culture-rich pioneers had to live crude because they were in the wilderness. It is therefore not the case that the pioneers are uncultured. Rather, they have to start with nothing and try to um, recreate their culture. Yeah. Yeah. The early Europeans who lived outside the world or dominion of Rome were pioneers. The aim of a pioneer is not to become a barbarian. The aim is to recreate the culture left behind, but without what is seen by the pioneer is intolerable. Uh, 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 Decadence. 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 Decadence, corruption, or a lack of morality. Indeed, most early American pioneers were made up of Christian sects that opened to live a higher moral standard than they felt was possible in their land of birth. Yeah, and by the way, uh, we're fast approaching uh, the anniversary, 400-year anniversary of the Pilgrims and Puritans landing in America because they came here to get away from religious persecution by both the Catholic Church and the Anglican Church. Okay, their standards were higher than both of those denominations. Back to you. Yes, and they had um, learned the Geneva Bible with them, um, not the yeah. King James Bible. Well, they did. They did burn a few witches, <laughs> but uh, so so did the Catholics and and, and Anglicans. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. horrible here in Sweden too. To burning burning witches. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that may be coming back. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe us that are criticizing um, COVID hoax or trying to spread the truth. Right. Maybe they well, yeah. Oh, they yeah. get so happy when we do that. Okay, America was settled by uh, Purins, uh, Mennonites, uh, uh, Quakers, 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 Quakers yeah. uh, Huguenots, Amish, and so on. Can we then uh, liken these folk to the early Europeans who lived outside the Empire of Rome? Certainly, Roman culture was highly um, decadent and thrived on fleshly passions, yeah. ranging from uh, gluttony to all manner of sexual activity to ultimate fleshly pursuit, ending in um, spectral view death. Yeah, so talking about the uh, chariots and the gladiators, you know, with uh, thousands of people watching gladiators kill each other, etc., etc., uh, and that description of Rome for me is our Western society. Is today. that civilized? Is that civilized, or are the bar- barbarians more civilized? Probably they were more civilized. Yeah. Because I see when I read that description, I think about our modern society today. Oh man, yeah, Hollywood, Hollywood morality. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. The Romans were keen to write um, gruesome accounts of the Celts and. Germanics yet. Much of this was propaganda or exaggeration. Um, ex, um, exaggeration, yes. Exaggeration, yeah. Very much. Even perverted uh, romanticism to suit various aims. Uh, yeah. By 
and large, the Celts and Germanic had strong moral codes. They were highly religious. An ancient text proves the origin of their religion to be founded on the Old Testament and that the reason for migrating in the first place was to leave a more corrupt civilization. Amen. More on that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we okay. and where can we where can we migrate today, Eli? <laughs> back to Europe? Back to Palestine? I don't think so. We got to take a stand where we're at. Yeah, the only migration we do is, is to the kingdom. Yeah. Years ago, people were trying to talk me into uh, moving to Australia. Australia is now one of the most locked-down countries on the face of the earth. You can't cross borders from one province to another. People are being thrown in jail for going outside. Can you believe it? My. That's right. Okay. Sweden is uh, a little heaven on earth at the moment, a little paradise. Yeah, but I... Yeah. They also use Sweden as an to sell out to show. Look at Sweden, and what do they also then want to point out to? Hey, they don't have so much cash, you know. They want to. I guess that could also be one that they want to do. They want to point at Sweden and say, "Look, they have no lockdown, but they don't have so much cash, you know. The right. cash is the problem." Okay, so I assume though Sweden is having the uh, apps. You know, all of the cashless forms of doing business, which is the cashless society, they definitely want to instill that. And then ultimately with the nanobot tattoo being your credit card that's imprinted on your body. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's just what I heard. That could be a very good description why they keep it like this and how they want to then point to Sweden as the... Because we don't we don't use much cash. They want right. to get to the cashless society. There you go. Yep. So there is a reason why this doesn't happen here. Because they want to show up it at somehow to be able to get it on the other yeah. other nations. Yeah, but uh, despite everything, folks, gold and silver <laughs> will come in very handy until the total collapse when no money will be anything. You're, you're going to be lucky if you can find food for free. For a thousand dollars, or in Germany, Weimar Republic, a thousand marks were necessary to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, that's a wheelbarrow, I guess. That's right, a wheelbarrow full of money. Yeah, okay. That was just a side side note there, but um, that's what I what I can feel that they yeah. want to sell something by this. Yeah. Okay. How much time do you have left now, Eli? Okay, I think about fifteen minutes. Okay, good. Um, the secret. In this book, we will introduce you to an archaeological fact that is kept secret by the establishment. The fact is that the German people are Semitic. Indeed, they are dissidents from the lost tribes of Israel. No, I did not say the Germans are Jewish. <laughs> I, will give a, uh, I will give a short history to prove these claims. Before reading on, you must be clear your minds and understand that when you read the words Israelite, Semite, or Hebrews, you're not reading the word Jew. Well, yeah, he's spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, the establishment has um, programmed us to think that Israelite means Jew. Yet, it does not. And nowhere in the Bible does it mean such. No, 
And this fact, you and me, Eli, has been proven in, yeah. in past shows. Yes, numerous, numerous proofs, yeah. In fact, this is why Eurofolk Radio exists, is <laughs> to prove this contention, this fact. Yes, yeah. yes this is right. the ultimate truth that will yeah. make you free. Amen. Um, we cannot understand our eth ethic beginning if we um, cloud out terms by traditional dogma. Judaism is a religion just as Catholicism is. When we say uh, Catholic, do we mean Italian? No, because we also have German, Irish, Mexican, and Filipino Catholics. And just as you have uh, Asian, Middle Eastern, uh, Arab, etc., etc., Jews. It's a religion. Yeah, it's a religion, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it is with Jews, they are not a race, but a religious cult. Very good. Yeah, the first tribes. Um, our school teach, teach as uh, there were Stone Age or cavemen in Europe, such as Neanderthal and True Magnon, man. Our historians and school teachers are either misinformed or dishonest. Yeah. Okay, well, these are just labels that they put on, you know, uh, ancient populations in order to claim evolution. Okay. But yeah, there were people in the Neanderthal era and Cro-Magnon era, but there has been no evolution. <laughs> the Neanderthals have died out, and the Cro-Magnon today are known as Caucasians. No evolution whatsoever. Exactly. I mean, that, yeah. this is what I've been um, brought up with, the Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon. Yeah. yeah, and in, in Africa, black tribes ha are still hunter-gatherers. No evolution in 400,000 years. They lived no. just like they did then. No farming, no manufacturing, no inventiveness, uh, very limited language. Hasn't changed at all in 400,000 years. Back to you. Mm -hmm. I get an X. Do you want to read on a bit? Okay. All right. Okay. No, I am not arguing whether or not such species existed. I am against the so-called learned people's methods of teaching. They tell us of these cavemen and then teach us evolution. <laughs> Just when I, I, I saw where he was going. Then teach us evolution, followed by telling us of the Celts and Germanic tribes. Well, whether they, you know, how long it took them to uh, melt down various metals. They allow, even encourage, us to assume that the Europeans evolved from these cavemen. Yet the Celts and Saxons did not evolve from cavemen. The cavemen died out. They came to an end and did not leave offspring to enable an ongoing population. Yeah, everything proves the migration of the Israelites from the Middle East. The Celts, Germanics, and Goths migrated into Europe from the East in various waves, not having a link whatsoever with the cavemen, the, uh, uh, the European cavemen. There, there weren't that many in Europe anyway because of the Ice Age, 10,500 B.C., Virtually all of Europe, north of the Alps, was ice, glaciers. It took uh, many thousands of years for all of that to melt away. Actually, hundreds, maybe not thousands, hundreds of years for those uh, glaciers to melt away, making that land habitable. And that's the area into which the Israelites moved into. The bulk of the cavemen died out tens of thousands of years before the arrival of the Celts, Germanics, and Goths. 
Neanderthal men lived between 100,000 to 40,000 B.C. The Celts migrated into Europe after approximately 2,000 B.C., resulting of a gap of at least 38,000 years. Very good. As we were saying, this is archaeologically accurate. The stones have spoken. <laughs> Michael, back to you. Let's see here. Our yes. Sound is. Yeah. And they have. And as you said, this um, um, that um, the, the ice age um, made it impossible for others to live, sir. I, then I think, thought about this verse that was said in Second Samuel 7.10, this prophecy that is said, And I shall appoint a place for my people Israel, and shall plant them, and they shall dwell in a place of their own, mm-hmm. and no longer be af- afraid. Neither shall the children of wickedness oppress them again, as at the first. Yes. Okay. But that part of the prophecy has not yet been fulfilled. We have uh, relocated. Okay, to the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, Caucasian nations of the world, but the Edomites are still oppressing us. That yeah, is, that's the part that yeah. we wait for. Yeah, that's, we want that part of the prophecy to be fulfilled as well. Back to you. Yeah, we have, though, getting a new place anyway. Yeah, right. They will have a new place. <laughs> the other place down below, that hot place, that's where they're going. Okay, now I, now I can continue. Yes. Uh, the most well-known group of Celts lived in Middle Europe around 800 BC and has been named by archaeologists as the Hallstatt culture when the Germanic Saxons or Goth moved into Europe. We are wrongly thought to believe the Celts were totally driven out of Europe. We are also wrongly thought that Celts and Germanics are two different races. I will show the two peoples are, are one and the same. Amen. Yeah, they are. Just different migration. Right. Um, the reason why the Celts seem to have um, disappeared is because they were ethnically indistinguishable from the incoming Saxons. The Celtic tongue dis- um, disappeared because of the Germanic became the overriding speech. In the same way, Latin, in the form of French, replaced the Germanic of the Germanic Franks in France. Even though the Franks who uh, descend from Germanic and Celtic people are now speaking a form of Latin, still live on today. The Celts did not die out in Europe. After many battles, they simply were grafted into the kinstock of Germanic tribes. He should say back into because that's where they came out of. Okay. So he's just yeah. grafted into, but uh, he should have said back into, because you know it's uh, they're becoming reacquainted with their kinsmen in Central Europe. Okay. It took him a while to figure that out. Yeah, but this is to be grafted in. This is what Paul means. Yes. You have to come from the same tree to be grafted in. Back in. That's, that's the terminology Paul uses. Okay, back to you. Yeah. We've got about five minutes left. Okay. It is um, time to trace the Celts back to their cradle. More and more um, authorities recognize that the Celts came from the Middle East, as pointing out in the lengthy BBC documentary on these people. The word Celt, pronounced Celt, is found in many forms 
in Gelderland, that Holland, um, Galatia in Middle Turkey, um, Keltenham in England, um, Gallia, France, um, Galicia, Southern Poland, uh, Gallia, a former Roman province in Northern Italy, Vail, uh, Vail the double E in this case, once pronounced um, Guturli. Guturli. And Wallonia. Yeah, and Welsh, the Welsh people are in fact Celtic Israelites who retained the Hebrew tongue. That's mm -hmm. what Welsh is. Welsh is essentially Hebrew, uh, falsely referred to as Celtic or Celtobarian. Celtobarian. Okay, so Celtic and Hebrew are essentially the same. Back to you. Yeah. Early forms of the word are kald or shade, as found in. Chaldea, the land of Mesopotamia. Early Chaldeans migrated from the delta regions near what is now uh, Kuwait, up the fertile strip of land uh, along the Euphrates River to the regions along the Mediterranean's coast to found the ancient civilizations such as Egypt. Yes, well, uh, we'd have to agree. I think it goes into this in more detail uh, later in this document. But the Chaldeans, remember, Abraham was a Chaldean, okay? And so the Chaldeans were essentially uh, Caucasians, early Caucasians. And that's why in Britain they call themselves the Chaldee Church or the Celtic Church. So Chaldee, Celtic have the same uh, sound and they originate from Chaldea. That's when the the white people, the white tribes left over from uh, the dispersion under Nimrod, those who remained in that area were called Chaldeans. They weren't necessarily all Hebrews. Uh, some were Japhethites, some were Hamites. Okay? So, but nevertheless, they were all white. Back to you. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't that also was uh, where... Um... Um, Abraham, was, he had to leave from this area when right. he migrated toward uh, Egypt. Yes, because there were essentially pagan, paganized whites who had all kinds of strange beliefs, right? Yeah, so, now, yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but wasn't he said that his, his parents were so paganized, there were so many, right. so many idols, so he had to That's leave. That's right, yeah, yeah. It's, I believe it's in the book of Jasher where Abraham makes fun of his father's idols. Okay, they were idol worshippers. And of course, that type of religion is you, many, many uh, priesthoods resort to idol worship because that's an easy way to control the people. Okay. Yeah. Hinduism. Yeah, that, Hinduism. Mm -hmm. Just look at that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when we say that religion is a way to control people. That's when you go to idol, this idol worship. That's right. Yeah. Do this. Worship this. Worship yeah. science. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, pour, pour water on your statue of St. Joseph and watch your garden grow. <laughs> That's a Catholic <laughs> idol. All right? Yeah, and they have a heaven, I guess they have, want to have a saint for everything and blame it on the saints every time <laughs> right. something yeah, happens. Yeah, or, or thank that saint, right, or pray to that saint. That's idol worship, folks. Oh, yeah, it is. Yep. Okay, let's continue. When we think of the Middle Eastern people today, we tend to picture a brown-skinned folk with dark brown eyes. Yet, in those early days, 
it was not so. The Arabs, Turks, and other darker people moved into the Middle East much later. The Turks, for instance, do not come from Turkey, but rather east from the Middle, uh, Middle Asia. And Turk, Turk, uh, Turkey wasn't at the home of uh, um, the Khazars. Said that. Who? Yeah, the Khazars. Khazars and Edomites and Ashkenazim. That's where they originated, yeah. The Ashkenazi Jews who uh, never set foot in Palestine ever in their entire history. But they converted to Judaism. So proving the point that he made earlier that Judaism is a religion. The Jews are a religion, not a people, not a, not a race. Okay? And please yes. read the next sentence. We're just about out of time. Okay. Originally, Turkey was populated by descendants of the Chaldeans and related people who were fair-skinned and blonde. What? They... Fair-skinned uh, and blonde? <laughs> that can't be! Where are they today, Eli? Yeah. I haven't... Where are they? They're Assyrians. <laughs> They're Assyrians, <laughs> right? And, uh, they migrated to Britain by, by sea, okay, and, and also overland. You know, across the uh, uh, northern uh, coast of the Mediterranean and by rivers, etc. And uh, the Japhethites were already in Europe before the Israelites came there. Okay? So uh, basically, all the same race of people. All right? That's what we're talking about here. They're all the same race of people. And then uh, we're the ones who settled Europe. Uh, Europe means white. Alban means white, all these, you know, white cliffs of Dover, <laughs> all these terms mean white. They come from the Middle East. That's where they come from. Mm -hmm. All right, we're just about out of time. Uh, great job, three seconds. 